Welcome to episode 22 of the Hoop Threads podcast. We have a very special guest on today, uh, the King, uh, the head coach of DeMatha Catholic High School uh, boys basketball team, Mike Jones. Coach Jones, how's it going? Going well, man. I'm, I'm disappointed to hear this episode 22, and it's my first <laughs> my first time on, man. I don't know about that. You're a busy man. but I glad to talk about that, though. <laughs> I have a I have a question for you. Uh, so I, I I gotta give you some 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 grief about this. Talk about you liking Popeye's chicken sandwiches over Chick Fil A, God's chosen sandwich. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> like that's like, and I don't even think Popeye's is the best chicken sandwich, but uh, Popeye's what is the best? Chick- uh, so you gotta you got uh, raisin canes. You got Zaxby's. You got a lot of, you know, not as popular in this area uh, chains that have, I believe, a better chicken sandwich. Raising Canes and Zaxby's are tied for number one. If you made me choose one, I would pick uh, Zaxby's. But uh, Popeye's is definitely better than Chick fil A. Oh, man. See, the I... thing is, I don't like pickles. I love pickles. I don't yeah. like pickles on my chicken sandwich. And at Raising Canes and Zaxby's, it's not just a given. Like you don't have to ask for them not to put pickles on it. You ask that. You have to ask for them to put pickles on it. At Chick-fil-A and at Popeye's, they just throw the pickle on it. Standard, there. yeah. So, yeah, no. I got no, you. I can do without that. <laughs> All right, so that, that'll be the only Popeye's question I got for you. So uh, let, let's go back to the beginning. You know, you're a role model for kids, you know, an example, a guy that's played at DeMatha and played professionally. Um, share the journey of going from jump roving classes with uh, old ladies as the 15th man on a 15-man freshman team uh, to heading into your uh, 17th season at DeMatha. Um, it's, it's been quite the journey. Uh, I know I've learned a lot, grown a lot. I'm one thing that I I should be proud of is that I'm a totally different coach, person than I was uh, in year one. And clearly, uh, you know, when I first started coaching, I was a different person than I was when I played at the Mathis. So, um, but I think I've grown uh, a lot over the last uh, 18 seasons. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to grow. I think one of the biggest things for me is taking the, 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 the example that was set for me by Coach Luke, um, just being someone that changes with the game because the game is so pure, but the game doesn't doesn't stay the same, and you have to be willing to be adaptable and to grow with it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk. I mean, in your senior year, you were undefeated. I believe it was 30-0, and 0, uh, yep. won, won the area championship. And, uh, you know, you didn't start as a highly recruited player coming out of middle school. Can you talk about – you know, the middle school AAU success that, that your team had and then, uh, you know, how you had to work your way up to, to really get to uh, a big role at, at DeMatha. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I grew up, you know, everybody looks at the DMV now and looks at all the great players that, and there's so many great players. Um, you know, before the internet age when I played, uh, the DMV was just a stack. And, you know, I grew up in a very competitive time when, you know, you couldn't necessarily pick up the newspaper, go on the internet, or look at social media and find out who was good. Like, we were all in the gyms playing against each other. And the thing is about this area that I think is great is that, you know, we don't really know. Like, I mean, when I was growing up, we just played. Like, I didn't know I was playing against some of the best talent in the entire country. But as you 
progress through your career, you do see it's like, hey, you know, the guys I grew up playing with definitely helped me prepare for this. And coming into Damatha, uh, I didn't know how to play basketball. I just I played basketball. I didn't know what I was doing. And over the course of my four years here, I kind of learned how to do that. I barely made the freshman team. I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I wound up leaving here as a senior captain and starter. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. And I, you know, I think Damatha, I played for Coach Lester Butler in AAU. He truly taught me how to compete at the highest level. And uh, it's just, you know, I was very fortunate to be around some really good coaches, some really good people. Mm-hmm. So talking about that, you know, Adrian Branch, Lester Butler, uh, Coach Morgan Wooten all had a huge impact on your life. Talking about talk about the importance of them in your development and uh, how you pay that forward. Um, just again, uh, you know, Adrian Branch is probably the first person to teach me how to play basketball. He's the reason why I came to Damatha. Uh, our families had a connection. I believe my dad babysat Adrian and his brothers uh, when they were growing up. Um, and, you know, that kind of was our connection there. And, you know, he's playing for Los Angeles Lakers, and he comes home for the summer, and he picked me up and take me to the gym. And it was, I mean, again, at that time, I didn't know how cool that was. You know, I thought it was great. You know, I just saw him play on TV just, you know, a week ago or whatever. But, you know, I didn't really get the gist of, you know, I have an NBA world champion trying to teach me how to play the game of basketball. And, uh, you know, I really, you know, really appreciate him for that. You know, Lester Butler was one of the toughest coaches I ever played for. And I mean that in the best way possible. He he, he, he challenged me every single day. And, again, I went from not being the greatest players when I started with him. He helped me become the player that I became. And, uh, and then, again, you know, you can I, I can go on and on and on about Coach Wood. You know, just the fundamentals, uh, the, the lessons that he taught me on a daily basis, on and off the court, lessons that he taught on the court that apply off the court, lessons that he taught me off the court that apply on the court. Um, you know, again, who can have a better example for someone to kind of follow behind? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, talk about how important it is to have a staff that, you know, played at DeMatha and is from the area for the most part. I mean, I'm the only member of it that that's not from the area and most of the guys uh, played here and, and played under you. So talk about the importance of that, you know, for, for the kids that are here now. Well, I think the biggest thing for me is I want to be surrounded by guys that I can trust and guys that are going to challenge me. And again, uh, just the DeMatha culture, kind of who we are just as a school community. I know that's what I'm going to get from the guys that coach with me. So, um, you know, having them around, all of us haven't been taught by Coach Wooten. Um, again, if, if, if you were to build a staff, loyalty and trust is at the top of that list. You know, basketball IQ, the ability to teach the game, you know, the motivation to teach the game and ability to communicate, all those things come after that. But, you know, I needed to have guys around me, especially at a place like Damatha, um, where the spotlight's on us all the time. I had to have guys I could trust. And I'm, I'm very happy with the guys that are coaching with me. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about who's who's a player that you had that scraped every last bit of potential out of himself? Uh, honestly, I don't know if I've ever had that player. <laughs> You know, I, I, I mean, that's that's no one. 
no one gets everything out of it. And I think, again, having that mindset means that you can always get something more. Um, so I'll never, like, look at a kid and say, well, he's maxed out. Or I'll never look at a player and say he's maxed out. I think there's always something left. Uh, Walter Bond, who played in the NBA, uh, is a pub, uh, motivational speaker now. He talks about, like, uh, he uses the analogy of uh, the bag of food that you get from McDonald's. And, you know, everybody loves the fries, but one of the best things about that bag is fries always fall out. So at the bottom of that bag, there's always another fry. And he talks about potential that same way. There's always going to be a little bit more at the bottom of that bag that you just got to look for. Um, you know, you can take your fries out, throw the bag away. You probably threw away a good amount of fries because they fell out of the, the package that it came. So, and that's the way I look at it too. I like that. I like that. Um, let's talk about, you know, what are you looking for in a stag? What what should freshmen, you know, coming into their first year expect at the Matha? Uh, well, you got to be able to play. <laughs> uh, I think that's, that's, uh, that's something important. And we're going to teach you and, and guide you and help to, you know, get you to, again, reach, uh, you know, whatever God is destined for you and ordained for you. We're going to try to push you to achieve that. But, um, you know, we want you to be able to play. But, you know, again, in this area, everybody can play. So what is going to separate guys is, one, do you want to play basketball? You know, it's a lot of people that think they want to play, but, you know, when it comes down to it, do they want to put that work in? Um, do they want to be put in a situation where, hey, I get an opportunity on a daily basis to get in the gym, to get better. I'm self-motivated. I don't have to have someone tell me that, you know, hey, do you want to work out? I want guys that are going to come to me and say, hey, coach, can I work out? You know, hey, coach, can I get in the gym? Um, and right now, our program is full of those guys. And Fortunately enough for us, there's been so many guys before them that they're following the lead of. You know, if you go back to the late 2000s uh, with Jaron Grant and Victor Oladipo and Coach David Atkins and the, the kind of the generation uh, or the, the creation of the uh, breakfast club for us. And that's just kind of passed through the years. You know, even when guys go away to college, they, you know, they still in the summertime are able to come back and be a part of the breakfast club. And for our guys to walk in here at 730 uh, in the morning on a school day and to see one of those guys they look up to in the gym working out, that doesn't do anything but make them want to be that guy that does the same thing. So uh, the, the, the former players that set those great examples, I, I could not be more proud of. Let's talk about the the leadership given to captains at Dematha. You know, it's a it's a really important thing. You know, captains and seniors. You know, uh, the best teams are, are player led. You know, obviously you're, you're calling the shots, but you know you do need those players to to be leaders out on the floor. Talk about you know the expectations that you have for the those senior captains. Just to do things the right way. Uh, you know, again, there's a difference between being a great team and a great program. I believe we have a great program. And a great program is one that year to year, you know, we're going to be consistent. And if you do not have players that show the right example, uh, that lead the younger guys, you know, I talk about leaving legacies all the time. You know, if you can just go back a few years, you look at Earl and Hunter and Paul and Don and Ant from last year. Well, they were taught by Justin Moore and Josh Wallace and Jameer Young a couple years before them. 
those guys took their lead from DJ Harvey and Ryan Allen and Josh Carlton, who took their lead from Reggie Gardner and Markel Fultz and Nate Garland, who took their lead from, I mean, you could just keep going back. And you have those guys that, again, set an example for other guys, and it continues. So whoever becomes our leaders for the next couple of years on this team, those guys that they're going to lead and they're going to follow in their footsteps might not even be at the map here. They still may be in the eighth grade somewhere. So uh, I'm proud of the fact that we allow the players to take ownership of our team because of the example they set and it gets to continue, you know, throughout. So again, we don't, we're, we're not just a great team, but we can be a great program. For sure. Let's, let's talk about your coaching style. You know, when you're coaching, you're in complete control of the game, you know, refs, time and score players. And at the same time, you're an insanely competitive person. So how have you learned to channel that energy uh, into leading and setting an example um, while also, you know, competing like hell? Cause I'm sure at the beginning, you know, it was definitely a, a learning experience. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the big thing for me is, uh, First of all, I feel so blessed, um, so blessed to be the coach at the map. It is something that I truly, uh, I never want to even pretend to take for granted. Um, it is truly an honor uh, to represent our school community and coach the young men that I get a chance to coach. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, and a lot of times, you know, and I don't care whether or not people recognize it or not, but like, I love the way you asked the question because my goal going into every game is to be in control. Um, I want my players to see me under control. I want them to understand that as fiery as I am and for all that they deal with every day of practice with me getting on their case, you know, when the game time comes, I want to be that guy that is, I just, I never lose it. And I can't say that I never have because I have lost it before, but I want to be the guy that is always under control. You can let the other team lose control. You can let the other coach lose control. Um, the fans can go crazy. But no matter what is going on around me, I want to always uh, be poised and be, you know, show great composure. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something I pride myself on because, again, uh, you know, Morgan Wooten displayed that same class and was a gentleman on the sideline. I can never imagine being that uh, because I am different. But – Ultimately, I always want to be uh, under control. Yeah, got you. Let's talk about, um, you know, relationships within in the community. Those, those are really important, you know, whether it's, you know, AAU coaches, trainers, parents, uh, people that run leaks. You know, those relationships are always really important when it comes to, you know, these kids deciding where they want to go to school for high school. Talk about some of the lessons that you've learned as far as not, you know, burning any bridges you know, when it comes to, you know, certain uh, coaches you play against or certain people that you work with on a daily basis? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is you're, I'm in a situation where I have to, to be successful, I need help. Like, this is not a job that is done by yourself. This is not a job that you cannot do if you do not have support from other people. And, you know, I, I pride myself on you know, I know that we're going to come across people that, you know, they're not going to like me for whatever reason. Maybe they grew up a fan of another school or another program or, you know, they, you know, whatever it is. It's just there's going to be something there. But, you know, ultimately, I tried not never to burn a bridge. Um, if I can help a kid, I don't care who he plays for. I don't care if he plays for me. 
I don't care if he plays for a rival school. I don't care if he's a public school student versus a private school. It does not matter to me. If I can help a kid, I'm going to help him. Um, and I believe that that mentality has helped me too because, you know, I, I know I've – I won't name names because I don't want to seem like I'm throwing somebody else under the bus. But I know I've wound up coaching some players in my program that have had siblings at other places or have family members – that have attended other schools and played for other coaches that because I helped them when they were at those other places that allowed them to want to send their next child or their, their son or their nephew or whatever wanted to send them here to play for us here at the Matha because of something that someone, either myself or someone on our staff has done for them. So, um, and that's happened a lot. And I, I, I'm very cognizant of, you know, the relationships that I have that have allowed that to happen. For sure. Let's talk about, um, you know, you juggle a lot of responsibilities in your roles um, at the Matha, and all coaches speak about protecting uh, time with their family. Talk about your routine and, you know, how you're able to protect that family time and, you know, also prioritizing and, and delegating to, to your assistants. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, that is definitely something that I was not very good at uh, when I first became a coach. I was so focused and just driven to be good. Um, and after, you know, the struggles I had when I first became a head coach, uh, you know, the competitor in me just went full speed ahead. So I know that parts of me, if I could go back, I would do some of that differently, uh, especially in terms of the consideration for my family and the time I spent with my family. Um, but I've gotten better at that over the years. Um, and Again, when I first became coach, I was less likely to delegate and less likely to really empower the guys that were coaching with me um, to do some of the things that I just felt like I had to do myself. Um, I'm no longer in that mindset again. I, just that full trust I have of all the guys that are with me, um, it just makes it a lot easier for me. Um, and then also me having the respect for them and their families too trying to make sure that, you know, they're able to go and do the things that they need to do. Um, it's, it's truly, again, this is a special place, and I, I, I'm just so happy to be able to work with the guys that I am able to. Absolutely. Let's talk about, you know, some of those events that, that we hold at DeMatha. So, you know, the Summer League and how that started, and uh, when it comes to holding, you know, middle school showcases, uh, Hoop Fest, the high school live event um, that we started last summer. Um, talk about kind of what goes into to those processes and, you know, what makes them successful and maybe some ideas you have for stuff going forward. Um, I mean, you throw the name the math on anything, it's going to get, you know, people are definitely going to notice. Um, and again, just, I mean, you're talking about an area where there's so many just great people, talented people. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't ever want to take that for granted. So, you know, for team takeover and separation sports to bring the Hoop Fest to the D.C. area first and then eventually bringing it here to DeMatha. That makes it every December, the first or the second weekend. This is the place to be in high school basketball. Um, you know, everybody wants like wants to be in the building because they want to see the next star. Um, and, you know, I'm happy that DeMatha is a part of that. You know, team takeover and separation sports, they do all the work for that. But it's in, it's in our facility. It's on our campus. Team Durant started the MLK Classic 
uh, in our area. And again, the math is going to participate in that going forward. Again, another opportunity for us to participate in things. Um, you know, and they, you know, having Kevin Durant's name on anything, you know, again, it's going to bring notice to it. And we want to be a part of that. Uh, DC Premier has run a, a classic every year uh, called the Tip Off Classic. We played in it a couple of times. Um, again, another organization run by very good people that are doing nothing but helping the kids in our area get the exposure they need for colleges and for, you know, national scouting services and things like that. So we've been very happy and, and very, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely been a benefit to our program to be able to participate in those things. And there's other programs that hold events in the area too, that, you know, eventually we're hoping to be invited to and be able to participate in. But as this goes on, again, it's nothing but a credit and a, a tribute to our area and all the, the people that help make DMV basketball what it is. Last question on events is, you know, you were the the coach for the the local team, the DMV team for the 2019 Capital Classic. Um, you were able to bring together a team in a very short time uh, with just one practice and one scrimmage. Um, talk about the homework you gave them and the experience kind of coming full circle, uh, you know, because you played in the game uh, in high school. So talk about, you know, the pride of representing the DMV in that. Again, it's, you know, we're a very prideful region of our country. And, you know, the kids that uh, were able to play on that team that year, you know, one of them, Justin Moore being one of my former players, but a lot of those other kids I knew already. You know, Jason Gibson had come to our camp for years. We had competed against so many of the other guys, Casey Marcel and guys like that, that were from other programs in our area. But, you know, Caduce, and, uh, you know, he, uh, I think the only the, the young man from Northern Virginia, uh, Mr. Douglas, was the only one that I really did not know before uh, going into that game. But Jay Heath uh, was a pleasure to coach. I had coached against him before. Uh, There's just so many guys that played um, in that game for us. And my whole goal going into it was we're playing for DMV Pride. And if we don't have any other motivation, you know, all those guys have pretty much made their college choice already. So there was no auditioning going on. And it was just going out and competing and representing our area. And that's exactly what they did. And that wound up being a resounding statement that um, that we made about DMV basketball. And again, I was proud to be a part of it. Though I was the coach, I mean, those kids were what won that game. Um, they did a, an unbelievable job of sacrificing, being unselfish, and just competing at a very high level. And it was, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that uh, myself and Coach Rico Reed from Flint Hill we just got a very close front row seat to it. What was what sets the DMV apart? You know, their players and you know they're playing. Is it a playing style? Is it their mentality? Kind of what sets the DMV apart when it comes to you know competition internationally and then also um, on on this on a national level here um, when it comes to you know Gonzaga playing other teams, Dematha playing other teams. What, what what makes the the DMV different? I think the biggest thing about us as a DMV is. You can look at other areas of the country and they are known for something. You know, ball handlers come out of New York City. Athletes come from down south. You know, real tough, strong players come from Texas. You know, guys on the West Coast get up and down the floor. Like, you know, you just got all these different regions in the country that you, know, you look at them and say, this is what they do. You know, at the math and the DMV as a whole, we, we, 
I think we do a really good job of kind of compromising all of that, you know, comprising all of that, excuse me. Um, you know, we have ball handlers, we have shooters, we have defenders, we have toughness, we have athletes. You know, we have, you know, anything you'd want in a basketball player, the DMV has that. And that's the way our guys are brought up, you know. And, again, it goes to that whole conform to the group norm, nature versus nurture. If you put a kid that's learning how to play basketball a bunch of, around a bunch of guys that their focus is working on their handle, then that young man or that young lady is going to work on her handle, and that's what they're going to be good at. If you put them in Indiana and they are just all fundamentals in shooting, then that's what you're going to get out of that, but maybe they can't handle the ball as well or whatever. You put them in Texas and you know, they just learn to be rough and tumble and they're just so physical, then that's what they're going to get here. You're around that all the time. You know, you're around shooters. You're around ball handlers. You're around toughness. You're around athletes. And that's why our players kind of get all of that. And, again, that just a tribute to the DMV. Coming off of that, you know, the In the Water documentary came out this past summer. Talk about being approached with the the idea for the documentary and, and you know, being involved with it. Did you learn anything that you previously didn't know? Really, uh, you know, I'm proud. I'm, I, I pride myself on, you know, even when I was younger and there was no social media and the internet and things like that, I bought every magazine. You know, Street Smiths, you know, every year before the college basketball season, before the NBA season, I'd, you know, either buy it myself or get my parents to buy it for me and I'd read from cover to cover. So, you know, I've always been kind of a historian. So, you know, knowing the history of the area of basketball, plus my family, my godfather, my dad, growing up telling me stories about Harold Fox and Archie Talley and Stacey Robinson, like, you know, just the great players to play in this area. Um, I, I, I was not surprised by anything. I just thought the piece was very well done. And to take the time constraints that Showtime put on them and fit all that information into one and to throw the tribute to Go-Go in there, I just thought was, was awesome. Let's let's switch gears real quick and talk about your involvement with Team USA. You know, how did you how did you become involved? You know, with uh, the Team USA youth basketball program and uh, speak on Coach Showalter's impact on, on your coaching career. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, uh, you know, I, I was uh, way, way back in '04. Uh, I was an assistant coach to Herman Harid, who's the head coach up at Lake Clifton in Baltimore, uh, on one of the youth developmental festival teams that they. Used to have that every year. Uh, the program expanded in 2009 and started a junior national team because FIBA started to have competitions for 16 and 17 year olds. And our point guard at the time, Quinn Cook, was the starting point guard on the 2009 16 and under FIBA America's champion and then the 2010 17 and under world champion. And I mean, I will tell anybody that listens to this, as far as I know, Quinn is the one that really helped open that door for me. Uh, you know, he represented DeMatha very well at the time. Uh, he showed that he was very well coached, and it at least opened the committee's eyes to DeMatha and myself. And when they started the next two-year rotation in 11 and 12, uh, they decided to, to offer me an opportunity to come coach with them. And uh, I've done everything I possibly could since then since 2011 or fall of 2010, really. I've done everything I could since then to make sure I stayed in the program. And then fortunately enough for me, uh, back in uh, the 
winter of 2019, uh, I was named the head coach. Um, and I, I just, I, I'm very, again, honored to have that uh, responsibility, but also understand that the, the, the student that I have to follow behind is Don Showalter, who coached that team from 2009 to 2018. 10 different competitions, 10 gold medals, never lost a game. It's truly something that, you know, you talk about a standard being set. You know, they call him Mr. Perfect. Um, and, I mean, you, you just heard why. So, um, you know, following behind Coach Wooten, I'm used to following, <laughs> trying to fill some big shoes. Um, and, you know, this was pretty much the same thing, uh, but just on an international scale. Yeah. Yeah, and you got it. Got it off to a good start down there with a gold medal in Brazil. So, so congratulations on that. Um, coming back to the area, the the programs in our area do a great job of scouting. Um, how does that does that change uh, how you coach and, and what plays you call in games? So, say you know we're playing against you know St. John's at the Matha, and you see you know Coach Turner walk in, or you see uh, you know Coach Keithline. Uh, walk in does that does that make you adjust your your coaching style for that game so that we're not easy to scout you know down the line or you know we <laughs> uh, how's that play I mean, out? It's, it's it's hard to say i mean i i try to stay in the moment and worry about what i'm doing but i do know if i do have an opportunity to make a choice uh, i will be in a position where you know if i know there's going to be something that i want to use against gonzaga and i know you know steve turner one of his coaches is there scouting us a couple of games before. I don't necessarily want to show that, um, you know, just like we do a lot of things in preparation and then we won't use them until the second half of a game because we don't want a team to be able to see it in the first half, talk about it at halftime and prepare against it. So uh, I know one year when we weren't supposed to be very good uh, in the playoffs, in the WCAC playoffs, you know, we practiced for the week before the playoffs began, a box and one defense excuse me, a boxing one defense. And, you know, the whole first half, I was just like, yo, if we're within five points at halftime, we're going to play boxing one in the second half, and it'll be what puts us over, kind of over the mark. And uh, we were about 15 at halftime. We never used it. And I remember my kids afterwards kind of looking at me like, well, what was all that for? And I just had to explain to them, like, I'm all about being prepared. Like, who knew what was going to happen? And we needed to have another bullet in our gun to be able to, you know, combat anything that was going on in the game. And I think that opened their eyes a little bit as to just the preparation that we go through as a staff, trying to make sure that we're prepared going into every game. And it kind of puts on them and in their mind how important it is for them to take it as seriously as we do. Um, and just on a side note to that, you know, the scouting. So you talk about other coaches coming to see us again the strength of our staff, the fact that I can trust our guys to go out and look at our opponents uh, before we play them and to help prepare us. You know, there's been many coaches, yourself included, that have been able to go out and do an entire scouting report for us because I didn't get a chance to see O'Connell before we played him. But you can come back and you have a very detailed written scouting report for us that we're able to use in our preparation. And we feel like we're prepared to, to, to be successful in that game. So again, you know, our, the, the, the program that the Matha is, is so multi-layered. Um, and again, it's, it's a team effort that I'm glad I have you guys around. 
Appreciate that. So two questions that we're going to get you out of there. Cause I, I think you got someone coming in to work out. So, um, coaches, players, athletes, they talk all the time about, you know, ignoring the haters, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, who are the critics that matter in your life? Critics, a lot of times is looked at as a negative term. I don't look at it that way. So the critics that matter to me are the people that are in my circle. Like, you know, I, I, I mentioned before, like just the whole family aspect know, becoming a better family person as time has gone along, you know, my family is my critics, you know, my, my, uh, Maya, my daughter, uh, she's a critic, she's definitely challenged me to be better, uh, and I'm, you know, that's a daily thing for me, um, you know, my wife is someone who, you know, they're not afraid to call BS when they see BS, and I have to be able to handle that, um, so, I don't, you know, haters and things like that. Like, I know that's a generational thing. Um, you know, technically, I guess by their definition, there's a lot of haters out there. But, you know, people don't matter unless you give them the power to matter. And, uh, again, I'm going to be measured by, you know, the almighty when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I'm doing things that are going to be pleasing to him and I want to make my family happy, I want to make my players happy, and I love it when I have players that have challenged me too. Um, you know, respectfully, you know, Hunter Dickinson was one of the guys that, you know, a couple times every season he'd come sit in my office and he'd kind of give me his, uh, the Hunter Dickinson State of the Union. <laughs> um, and, but you know what? I welcome that because he always did it with respect. It was always honest. And a lot of times, if I didn't know, like, how can I address it? How can I make things better? Or, you know, maybe I disagreed with him. And I had to explain that to him. Um, and again, these are things that I think are just so very important uh, as a coach to be comfortable enough in my own skin to allow those things to happen. Got you. All right, so if we have a team, uh, this is a hypothetical question. I, I know you love those. So if you have a team of uh, Nigel Munson, Austin Freeman, Adrian Dantley, Gerard Mustaf, and Danny Ferry uh, versus a team of Quinn Cook, Markel Fultz, Earl Timberlake Jr., Victor Oladipo, and Hunter Dickinson, who are you taking? You didn't name five guys on the second team. Say again? You didn't give me five names on the second team. So Quinn Cook, Markel Fultz, Earl Timberlake Jr., Victor Oladipo, and Hunter Dickinson. All right, so my answer to that is, you said who would win? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The the Matha would win. (laughs) um, The the, the greatest thing about that question, Aaron, is the fact that you can name 10 of those guys and then there's plenty of guys like you didn't say Jeremy Grant and he's, you know, he's one hell of a pro right now. Um, I mean, there's plenty of other guys, Sidney Lowe, you know, Derek Wittenberg, you know, Dwayne Simpkins, Vaughn Jones, uh, you know, Jaron Grant. There's so many names that you did not name uh, going down that list. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm just glad that I can say either I looked up to the guys you said or I coached the guys you said. I mean, you can say Keith Bogans and Joe Forte. I mean, it's, you know, the, the fact that our list is as long as it is, is uh, I'm very proud to be associated with the program that kind of gave them their, their start. Got you. 
And then last question. So we got five guys in the NBA, 11 players overseas, 22 NCAA student athletes. Um, you know, you've won uh, eight, eight conference championships and a national championship. Um, talk about this year's team and uh, what you're, what you're forecasting for this year. How, what you're feeling um, are on the roster. We got a chance to be really good, man. We got a chance to be really good. Uh, you know, we're praying for a season. Uh, you know, anytime you lose the senior class that we lost last year, voids left uh, in terms of production, but um, again, we're a program, and those guys that graduated did a great job of setting a great example for the guys that are coming behind them, and, you know, I'm as excited as I've ever been for, you know, the opportunity to coach our guys, Um, and, you know, last year we had a tremendous freshman class. This year, again, we have a tremendous freshman class. Two years ago, we had a tremendous freshman. I mean, we keep putting these classes on top of each other. And all in all, like, it is going to be so rewarding to see all of that potential that they walked in the door with to watch it grow. Um, You know, I I know a lot of people felt like Hunter Dickinson was here forever, you know, (laughs) because he played varsity basketball for four years. But, I mean, you can't tell me that anybody that watched us play could not see the progress that he made. Earl Timberlake being with us for three years, looking at the progress he made. And, you know, we've got, you know, Malcolm Thomas, we've got A.J. Smith, we've got Jaden Gustav, we've got Nehemiah and Jeremiah Johnson, you know, we've got Josiah Robinson, um, you know, we've got Daniel Smith. Uh, you know, we've got a very, very, very strong freshman class this year who I cannot wait to see them progress and work uh, to get better over the course of the next few years. Absolutely. Well, appreciate the time, Coach Jones. The floor is yours if you have any last things to say before we head out here. On the map. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Appreciate the time, Coach. You have a great day.